Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast, featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments and episode notes from Uncle Eric. Welcome back, folks, to yet another drama-packed episode from the Uncle Eric Presents series. I'm so very glad you tuned in again, and hope that you are enjoying these thrilling episodes. Today, we listen to another drama-packed episode from the Adventures of Frank Race radio series. Frank Race mainly investigates international insurance scams around the globe, in various exotic locations, making him something of a cross between James Bond, and Johnny Dollar. This series ran in 1949. Today's episode is titled, The General's Lady. Frank Race tries to save a general who is marked for assassination but is in fact following a beautiful woman into dangerous territory. This episode is brought to you by our friends at CritterCaper.com. At CritterCaper, you can watch hundreds of pet and animal videos that will truly warm your heart. There are great pet care and training videos as well. If you're an animal lover, CritterCaper is just for you. Please give CritterCaper.com a visit. It's addicting too. If you can, you can help Uncle Eric keep this podcast up and running, by becoming a Patreon supporter at the support link below. It would really help. Thanks a million. Also, you can visit UncleEric.com as well, to listen to all the currently available radio podcast categories and episodes. Now, enjoy this great episode titled, The General's Lady. The Adventures of Frank Race, starring Tom Collins. War changed many things, the face of the earth and the people on it. Before the war, Frank Race worked as an attorney, but he traded his law books for the cloak and dagger of the OSS. And when it was over, his former life was over too. Adventure had become his business. The Adventures of Frank Race. join Frank Race for the adventure of the General's Lady. There's nothing quite as bad as the liquor you get in the Mediterranean area. And the bar Talibri in Tunis is no exception. But it has an atmosphere you'll find nowhere else. And I sensed a dawning appreciation of this in the attitude of Mark Donovan as he stood beside me drinking imitation scotch. <laughs> It's a great town, Race. I like it. You didn't think you would, remember? Yes, I was wrong. When you said Africa, all I could think of was a lot of elephants snorting through the jungle. <laughs> this place is class. And dames, dames, dames. <laughs> Where'll I get back to New York and tell the boys about these dames? Mm. <laughs> Guy couldn't do no better in front of Minsky's boy last did Pardon me. Didn't I hear the name Race mentioned? Yes, I'm Race. You're my boy. Been looking for you. I had noticed him before, standing at the end of the bar. He was tall and broad and red-headed, with a grin that would have elected him to public office. Heard a lot about you, Race. Guess that's why I was looking for someone who'd be throwing his weight around. You're a lot quieter than your reputation. I'm Ted Connolly. Oh, it's a pleasure. This is Mark Donovan. Hi, Mark. Hi. How did you happen to hear about me? Pete Peterson. Pete? He's going to meet me here. I know. That's why I've been looking for you. Pete couldn't like it. Knowing Pete, I'd say that means trouble. What's the story? He's been hurt. Badly hurt. We're going to see him. You want to come with me? We'll come. 
Lead the way. Pete Peterson, the international troubleshooter for one of the biggest insurance outfits in the business. When you thought of Pete, you usually thought of drive and vitality. But the drive was out of him now, and he had about as much vitality as a wet sack. Pete Peterson had become a limp heap on a bed of pain. Race. Glad you got here. What was Pete? What happened to your face? My face? Yeah. Got to take some surgery to make it look decent again. Who did it, Pete? I could tell you the name of one of them. The part. Sounds like a Marseille duck rat. Yeah. Wears a big ring on his right hand. A knuckle duster. Hmm. I know all about that ring. Believe me, I know all about it. Why, Pete? Why are you here? Because of a guy named Lemitran. Know him? General Lemitran. Yeah, I know. Well, he's in Tunis because of a woman. The company got the tip that he was never going to leave the city alive. Hmm. If Lemitran's murdered, it could mean civil war in Lunaco. So... So you came to play nursemaid. And look how I ended up. Have you seen Lemitran? Uh, never had a chance to get near him. I'm going to have to turn it over to you, Race. And the only lead I can give is the name of a woman. Joan Vanier. Wait, give me one other lead, Pete. Where did you encounter this Lapard? In a dive called the LNR. But Race. Yeah, Pete. If you find him, watch it. I know a few things about taking care of myself. But man to man, he handled me like a child. Whatever you do, don't let him get his hands on you. The Earl and Nard. A low ceiling, a low cobweb line, and judging from two arguments of flared as soon as we got there, a low boiling point. Mark and I stuck around, drinking once in a while to avoid being conspicuous. Then, after about 45 minutes... My attention was drawn to a hand resting on the bar beside me. It was a monstrous hand, hairy and thick. The fact about it that held my gaze was a massive ring that encircled the third finger. You seem to be curious about me, my friend. I am curious about that ring. You have a reason, perhaps? I've been told that a man by the name of Lepard wears such an ornament. So? Well, you can talk to me about that. I am Marcel Lepard. What else did you hear? That you wear the ring as a weapon. And uh, that annoys you, we. I'm annoyed when I think of the man you disfigured within me. <laughs> there have been so many men who have tested my little trinket. Well, this man's name is Peterson, a friend of mine. Ah, a friend. So uh, you would do something about it, eh? Yes. I thought of doing this. <laughs> So, you would have smashed my Anna if I had left it there. <laughs> what did you take me for, an idiot? But now, my friend, it is my turn. He didn't hurry. Just crouched a little. A squat, thick-bodied man of tremendous strength. I set myself and he came in. I was sure of one thing as I got my knees under me there on the floor. This Lepard was no lily pad to be plucked lightly. I watched him warily as he came erect across the room from me. Then I became conscious of something else. He had friends. Proof of that was presented in the form of a heel that gouged into the calf of my leg. Brace! I'm blowing the lights! Let's get out of here! Get out of here! 
I think we're clear now. That's a good thing. I couldn't go another 50 feet. Oh, oh, thanks, Mark. Uh, well, the diversion no. created back there. No, brother. Yeah, I was in a spot. Oh, didn't know you were in a spot. That guy had more pals than all of them in the pool room. Yeah. Look, tell me something, will you? Hmm? <coughs> Since when you started going around picking brawls? Well, you saw what Lepard did to Pete Peterson. Oh. That was enough to raise any man's blood pressure. Well, look, any time you tangle with that Lepard, you ain't attending old tea party. Oh. What do we do now? Well, it's pretty late. You better go back to the hotel, turn in. Oh, no. You don't think you're being subtle, do you? Any time you come out with a suggestion like that, there's only one answer, Chuck. You're going to go see a dame. That's right, Marcus. A dame by the name of Joan Venere. Yeah. Well, take it easy. And try and stay out of trouble, will you? Begin to get the feeling this town is full of them. Joan Vermeer. I expected a brunette. A tall, statuesque brunette. Maybe about 35 with a lot of schmaltz. Instead, her door was answered by a combination of flaxen hair and blue eyes. Not at all statuesque, but uh, with a figure that'd top any cigarette girl you've ever seen. What is it you want? I, um... I know it's late, but uh, I understand we have mutual friends. Thought you might like to chat about them. Oh. And just who are these mutual friends? General Lemitron and the general's most able aide, Salvon Sebastian. I see. And who are you? The name is Race, frankly. I'm here because I'm worried about you. Hmm. Perhaps you had better come in. Thank you. Yeah. Mind if I say I'm surprised? Concerning what? Well, you were described to me as a lady of intrigue. I expected someone well. Shall we say, um... I'm sure you mean to be complimentary. Oh, I do mean to I want to sit down, Ray. Would you care for a drink? Yeah, no, thanks. I'm quite content with the atmosphere as it is. There's a, something that puzzles me. Yes? Why the tie-up with Lemitra? He's big, but he's not that big. You, but you could have anything you set your mind on. You could. Now you're not being complimentary at all. I... You know, you'd almost make me believe her. Really. Don't make it so dry to others. Now, what is it you came to see me about? Lemitron's here in Tunis because of you. If he stays, he's in danger of losing his life. Grace, you must know something clearly. I'm not in love with General Lemitron. I never have been. Nor have I ever given him any encouragement. If he was here because of me, I cannot take him. Well, I can understand all you've said. I can believe it. Sometimes a man goes a little out of his head over a woman, even though she doesn't feel the same way about him. Would you be willing to leave to him so that he'll go to This is my home. Well, if he did it just for a short time, he could go to Paris, do some shopping. Is it really so important, Raisel? Just a whim of someone. American insurance companies learned the General Dimitron to be assassinated here in Tunis. If possible, we'd like to prevent that happening. That's why I'm here. All right, Ray. I'll go to Paris. But I won't enjoy it. I won't enjoy it either. Much rather have you here in Tunis. Will I see you again? Would you like to? I 
Outside, for all the lateness of the hour, the night was full of sound. Murmuring people, patronizing sidewalk cafes. You could hear them, but you could hardly see them. Tunis is like that after dark. There are a few lights, and it has the atmosphere of a darkened stage, stage set for drama and suspense. And as I walked, a voice reached for me from the shadows. Wait, one moment. Perhaps you don't remember me. Salvan Sebastian? Of course I remember you. And as a matter of fact, I'm glad to see you. At the risk of seeming impertinent, I must ask what you are doing at the apartment of Mademoiselle Bernays. How <laughs> was the watchdog, Auntie Sebastian? I was discussing General Lemaitre. And yourself. Lemaitre. Uh, great man. Genius. At the moment, he suffers from temporary insanity because of a woman. Well, give him credit, Sebastian. He's a woman well worth it. No woman is worth a man's life. Do you know who's after Limitron race? Bargon himself. The general has become too strong. The party has become too strong. At home, I would not worry. There we can protect Limitron. But here... Yeah, maybe it'll work out. I've just persuaded the girl to go to Paris. Paris? What good will that do, race? Limitron will follow her. No. We'll have to get him home. Oh, would the girl go to Nolonaco? Well, you'll have to ask her, I won't. And I doubt it. Says she's never given Lemaitre any encouragement at all. I know, I know. That seems a hopeless. Race, why don't you come with me to our villa? You know Lemaitre, and he may respect your advice. Hmm? You at least talk to him. Good. Let us go at once. <laughs> It was only a short walk, not more than five minutes, and I stood up my thinking to plan what I'd say to the general. But in front of the villa, I found myself with other problems, in the shape of several shadowy figures that suddenly confronted us. You are going somewhere, Ace? Le Pardon. Oui, Le Pardon. Would you mind getting out of my way? You are forgetting something, Ace. We have some unfinished business. Later, Le Pardon. At the moment, I have other matters to take care of. Now, Monsieur Ace. And this time you will not run for me. I suppose he came in, ramming a heel into his knee. He fell away, but then his companions came at us, <laughs> making a wild spinning affair with Lepard and I again finding one another in the dark. This time you will not get away. This time I am going to kill you. He had his hands about my throat, and they were like bolt cutters. But I slammed a punch to his stomach, and another, and he let go. But then as he came in again, I drilled through his jaw. You all right, Sebastian? Yes. Those war threats. I should have had this gun out sooner. What about your men? I'd say he's in a thorough state of coma. Then everything is satisfactory. Maybe. Let's get inside. I'm feeling we better check with the general. Sebastian nodded and we went into the villa. We had no trouble finding General Limitron. He was in the living room, but in no condition to receive a visitor. 
The general lay face down on the carpet, a sprawled, grotesque figure. The general had been stabbed to death. From the look of it, the general had been stabbed just as he came into the room. His hat, a soft Panama, lay a few feet from his head. An incongruous note was an electric razor that had been placed on the phone stand. I glanced at Sebastian. He stood immobile, staring down at his dead chief. He stood this way for a long time before he said anything. And when he spoke, he still kept his gaze on the quiet form lying at his feet. So, they have done it. And all the time I've been afraid. I never really thought they would. Well, let me make you a drink, Sebastian. You will never know, Race, how much I worship this man. Some of this brandy should help. They murdered him because he'd become too popular with the people. He would have been our next president at the next election. Do you realize that, Race? It was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, here, Sebastian. Take this drink. You drink it, Race. The fire I need is already beginning to burn inside me. What are you going to do? I'm going home. Set the country on fire, huh? What do you expect? Think I'm going to let them get away with this? You said you've got an election coming up. Why don't you let the people return the verdict? Through their ballots? No. We will accept it now, when I take back Limitron's body. Yes. That'll do it, won't it? All you'd need to do would be to utter a crime. Avenge Lemitron. And the country's in for a bloody civil war. But nobody will be surprised, will they, Sebastian? You people have always done it that way, haven't you? An eye for an eye. Yes, they have always done it that way. An eye for an eye. That girl. Now, wait a minute. You have no proof that Joan Venera had anything to do with this. I don't need proof. She was a cause of his being here. That is enough. I've got a warning for you, Sebastian. That girl must not be harmed. Sir, I take care of the woman for you, General. Then we go home. He was standing there like a man in a trance. And I knew that nothing could be done with him. So I turned from him, left the villa, returned to the center of the city. must come in and talk to you. At this hour? Is you insane? No, I'm not insane. But Sebastian is. General Lemaitre's been murdered and Sebastian is blaming you. Blaming me? All right, Ray, you may come in. Her hair was tousled from slumber and her eyes were sleepy. She looked cuter than that chicken and Easter basket. So I took her in my arms. But only for a minute. This was a girl in danger. What is it about Sebastian Reese? He's always been a fanatic about Lemaitre. Now he's gone mad. But can you not realize that you I... You can't get that through to him now. I tried. He's in a fog, a fog of bitterness and hate. So I'm going to get you away from here. You're going to the Hotel Majestic. I was able to get a room for her next to the one Mark and I had. It was three o'clock by then. But when I tried to turn in, I found myself too restless. So I awakened Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah what was That girl I went to see when I left here. She's in the next room. She might be in danger, so I want you to watch out for her. Yeah. I don't think anything's going to happen, but you'll let anyway. Yeah, sure. Where are you going? I don't know. I can't settle down. I'd better go out for half an hour. I'll be down at the bar to leave him. Okay, okay. That one for me while you're at it. Ah, yeah, 
Hey, Race! Over here! It was Ted Conley. His red hair a little on end from having a good time. With him was another American, a lad he introduced as Larry Charles. I sure am glad to meet you, Race. We need a little company around here. <laughs> Place has been dying on its feet. Celebrating something? I sure am. I'm celebrating the fact that I'm about to become a BTO. BTO? Yeah, <laughs> big time operator. Oh. <laughs> She's dreaming big dreams, Race. That liquor does that to Larry every time. Ah, listen, boy, I'm a cinch. I'm a cinch, I tell you. <laughs> hey, what do you have, Race? Hey, don't try none of this phony scotch. It'll cut your throat. Yeah, uh, I'll have a fina low. Huh? Uh, brandy and soda. Oh, yeah. Hey, give the man a fina... Uh, uh, give the man a brandy and soda. Listen, Ray let me tell you about me. <laughs> you know what I do for a living? I sell nitrates. Hey, that's a fancy name for fertilizer. Mm. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I sell nitrates all over Europe. Uh, oh, here's your fina, fina low here. Uh, uh, brandy and soda. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sell nitrates, but I got a competitor. A nice fella, but a competitor. <laughs> yeah, three or four months ago, he beat me out on a big order. Millions of sacks of this stuff. I was feeling pretty bad. Yeah, toss that down, Rates. Have another one. No, thanks. I'll... You know what happened? Big country to the north all of a sudden wants a lot of nitrates. More than anybody can supply. Yeah, which sends the price way, way up. (laughs) And here's my competitor all contracted up to deliver every bit he's got to (laughs) Lanaco. But me, I ain't signed up to deliver nothing, you see. So I can deal with the big country up north at those very pretty prices. No, I drink to your success. <laughs> ah, thanks, Race. Thanks a lot. Hey, you're drinking to a big operator, you know that? A big operator. <laughs> Ain't it a shame, you know, they don't have any bourbon around here? What I wouldn't do for a good glass of... <sighs> Bartender, another thing, uh, brandy and soda for Mr. Race. <laughs> Yeah, but you gotta listen to some more, Race. You ain't heard the funniest part of it. Race! You see, I... I race, Race, we got this competitor. Uh, partners, Larry, what is it, Mark? Yeah, yeah, she's gone. I was flying awake, like you said, but I must have dropped off, and I heard something. I went out in the hall, but I was too late. The door was open. She was gone. Trouble race? Plenty of trouble. Lovely girl in a jam. Through no fault of her own. Well, let's get her out of it. Yeah, we'll help when we take. Of course. Well, that makes four of us, Race. We ought to be able to do something about it. We could find her. No, I've got an idea where she might be. Come on. I guess it was Lemitron's villa. And that's where we found her. Guarded by a couple of waterfront renegades. Huh? Oh, the, uh... We'll take them ourselves at the way people out and get the other guys out. Yeah, we're here. We'll take them ourselves. You get the one in the chair. I'll take the lad and the cigarette. Let's go. I got mine! And I'll get mine! Oh, oh brother. I've been told. I'm getting so I don't even need an end wrench. Rice, I had a feeling you'd come. Oh, John, I hope you're all right. You just don't tie my hands. Hey, a fine thing. You said you were just coming in to reconnoiter. Yeah, why'd you let me and Ted in on the phone? Well, I'm sorry, Larry. It seems simply to do it this way. What oh. oh, makes you think it's all simple, Ray? It was Sebastian standing in the doorway, and I knew what he meant. He had the glare of a fanatic in his eyes. He gripped a submachine gun in his hands. Let me repeat my question. What makes you think it's all simple? I see I was wrong. And the men cannot afford to be wrong. When he meddles in affairs that don't concern him. Can he raise? Sebastian, we've known each other for years. Be logical about this girl. She was one of the causes of Limitron's death. There were other causes, but she was one. So she is going to die. Is it that you wish to die with her race? His mood was hair trigger. A look in his finger was going to flame that tommy gun into action. I sensed that its bullets wouldn't stop at the joint of the man. I stood there, frozen. Without a thought. And then, just a part of my glance took in the electric razor I'd seen before. The incongruous note. 
I was still on the phone stand, and it started gears meshing in my brain. I spoke to him again. Sebastian, this girl didn't have anything to do with Lemitron's death, and neither did any of your countrymen. Now you're talking just to divert me. No, I'm not. The answer, Sebastian, is nitrates. Nitrates? Your country contracted for heavy shipments of the stuff a few months ago. Do you remember? Which means nothing to me. It means everything. Since then, the price for nitrates has gone up tremendously. If the contract with your government could be broken, the seller stands to profit considerably by the increase in price. But it's hard to break a contract with a nation, isn't it, Sebastian? A civil war would do it, though, wouldn't it? Then the seller could refuse delivery. Do you see, Sebastian? I see no proof. I see no killer. You can turn your eyes on the proof. That electric razor on the phone stand. I'll gamble that there's your proof. Here, let me show you. Hold it, race. No, it's no trick. General Lemaitre was a soldier, an engineer. An engineer is an orderly person. What would his razor be doing in this room unless someone else moved it here? Lemaitre couldn't have been using it. He'd just come in when he was murdered. A lot of wealth, Ray. No, no, I've got it. I know it. The killer waited here for the general, waited a long time. He wandered about, idly picked up the razor in the bathroom and started to shave himself. But the general's arrival startled him. And he kept the razor in his hand when he came in here. Well, look. Even the cord's still attached to it. I'm going to pick it up, Sebastian. I'm going to give you further proof. All right. Pick it up. But any tricks and I turn this gun loose. Now, Larry, you were saying plenty about nitrates this evening, remember? Well, yeah, Race, I remember. What's that? That uh, competitor you mentioned, you were talking about Ted Conley, weren't you? Yeah, I was, but... Wait a second, Race. You can't pin this on me. I think I can, Conley. I think I can. Here's your proof, Sebastian. Proof that Ted Conley was in this room today. The hairs inside this cutting mechanism. Some of them are gray, but the others indicate this razor has been used by a red-headed man. Hey, Conley's gone. Leave that to me. I'll get him. Oh, crazy if I ever live through this night. Oh, but you've got to live through it, baby. I've got plans for a lot of other nights. And all of them include you. <laughs> Adventures of Frank Race, starring Tom Collins with Tony Barrett as Mark Donovan, comes to you from Hollywood. Others heard in tonight's cast were Lillian Baev, Wilms Herbert, Jack Crucian, and Harry Lang. This series is written and directed by Buckley Angel and Joel Murcott. The music is composed and played by Ivan Dittmars. Be sure to be with us again this time next week for another dramatic chapter in The Adventures of Frank Race. Art Gilmore speaking. This is a Bruce Ells production. you enjoyed this latest Uncle Eric Presents episode. Stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Please check back often and make sure to subscribe to my podcast so you won't miss the new exciting episodes. In the meantime, scroll up or down to find other exciting episodes to listen to. Don't forget to visit UncleEric.com to see and listen to all the program categories and episodes. There are also hundreds of the old classic crime and detective television show episodes you can watch as well. They're a hoot to watch. That's Uncle Eric. Com. If you like this episode, please consider buying Uncle Eric a cup of coffee at the support link below. Thanks a million. Thanks for stopping by. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>